Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. You're listening to Season 5 of Mother May I Sleep With Podcast. I'm your host, Molly McAleer. I told you I grew up here, right? Yeah. I already knew that, though. You did? What, are you internet stalking me? (laughs) No, I told you I'm social media illiterate. You don't remember me, do you? We went to high school together. We did? (laughs) I'm sorry. It's okay. It's okay. We didn't really run in the same social circles. You were always so popular. Why didn't you tell me sooner? It's embarrassing. I mean, a small part of me was hoping that you'd remember who I was, but uh, I was kind of a geek back then. So if you didn't remember, maybe that was a good thing. Mike, I don't care about that stuff. Everybody had their awkward teen years. You didn't. You were always perfect. If I'm being honest, I kind of had a huge crush on you back then. You did? Can I ask what really brought you back home? Honestly, I just needed to get out of L.A. In my line of work, it's easy to get sucked into that whole fake persona. You know, you can't tell if people are trying to actually be your friend or if they just want more followers. Mm. But here, it's real, you know? And then my parents... I don't know, I just felt guilty that I wasn't here when they died. And there was this big part of me missing here, and I felt like if I didn't come back... We just disappear. I'm sorry, Whitney. It's okay. I mean, you know how it feels. What, with your mom, when you moved in with your mom? Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course. Um, That was my stepdad, though, so we weren't really that close. Sorry, I didn't mean to bring the mood down. No, it's okay. It's nice to talk to someone about this. Not a lot of people see this part of me.
So they walk home after their little date and he asks her if she wants to come over. She says that she has to work. And he's like, well, what about tonight? And she's like, thank you. But I actually have to go meet up with Lucas, the guy from the night before. They're supposed to be partnering on something. She's trying to figure out if it's something she kind of wants to do. It's a little bit risky because it would be the biggest thing she's ever done and the biggest thing to ever happen in her career. And Mike's like, you know what? Should I be jealous? And she's like, no, it's strictly work. I thought they were going to kiss. I just want them to kiss. I think we all thought they were going to kiss, but I do like that they went this way. It also was a little expected, but I don't know. I feel like if Mike feels like he has need to be jealous at this point, it's fucked up for two reasons. Mm -hmm. One, because they've known each other for two days. Two, she is so clearly into him that if he's jealous over her meeting up with this man who might not even be into women, but certainly also was not. That's why they're probably partnering together. Because they needed to set it up. They were like, we only want couples. You think it's a PR bearding stunt? Maybe. (laughs) Because. Iconic. They needed couples. You know what? Sometimes I feel like we do more work on these movies than they do. Yeah. It's the writing that goes on after the movie. I think that matters the most. (laughs) By the way, I heard from one of the writers of one of the movies. I saw that. Days of Christmas. I I saw that. John Moss was nice. I don't know if he appreciated us, but I, <laughs> I saw but I'll say he accepted it. Yeah. You know, he accepted us as a reality. And what I think John Moss might not know is that I am, in fact, his biggest fan. Like, I don't do this for any reason other than I fucking love it. And now I get to make some money from it. But like, I'm not living off Mother May I Sleep with podcast. I told Nicole the other day. I watch as many of these movies as I can without not wanting to do my podcast anymore. Like, I truly love, I love this form, okay? I took this on, I didn't think I'd do past 15 episodes, John Moss, but here we are. How many movies of his have you done? Just the one. Oh. And (laughs) I will say, he did not understand my jokes about Ariana Grande, which is fine. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, we can't all be cultured. You know what I mean? Yeah. But John Moss did. No, I'm kidding. John Moss, because I'm, I'm afraid now he wouldn't know that that's a joke. Dude, there's no way you're listening to this. You already have said that you think this whole task is absurd, which you're right. But hey. um, no okay. offense. I I do this from my uterus. I fucking mm-hmm. love this, this genre. Okay, I'm here for it. I'm the biggest supporter out there. Lifetime is in on the bit. Let's all get in on the bit together. Let's knead the bit together and fucking raise it in a bowl for an hour and let that yeast hit. And then we're going to fucking bake it. And it's going to be a loaf of love, family and cheer. Okay. Okay. So they're like going to make this date happen. He tells her that for what it's worth, he personally thinks she should do it. She lights up when she talks about it and she shouldn't overthink it. Taking risks every now and then can pay off. I was surprised that that was his POV. I thought that he was immediately going to try and like knock the paycheck out of her hand as these controlling men do, but he didn't. He leans in to kiss her and she curbs him. And she's like, listen, I like to take things slow. And he's like, I can wait. And she's Mm -hmm. like, thank you. And they wish each other a good night. Now this is important. Big time. 37, 23 to 38, 22, guys. Remember, Lucas doesn't drink and everyone should know that, okay? How dare you offer him a drink? And they're at Bistro 5. At the end of the day, if you're going to 
gonna harvest me. So you have to figure out if you can even fit in that suit they give you. I mean, it's ridiculous to give you this big helmet thing. I'll do it. Are you serious? Yep. Oh, that's so great. How did you decide? Well, I listed all the pros and cons like 5,000 times. Of course. And then I thought, screw it, and I threw the list out of the metaphorical window. Paper plane. <laughs> I just realized that if I want to take my career seriously, then I have to put myself out there, you know? Yeah. I want to get involved in causes and products that I actually believe in and use my platform that I'm so lucky to even have. Can't be afraid of success. Mm, you said it best. I couldn't say it any better than that. We got to celebrate at this point. Yeah. Hey, uh, can I just get two glasses of champagne, please? Thank you. Wait, I thought you didn't drink. Um, one's not going to kill me, right? He should have ordered some H2O almond. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, no, You got to celebrate the H2O almond deal with some H2O almond. I'm going to say. So I wonder if he was sober and now he was drinking like, or was it like a fit thing? Maybe he's on a whole 30 diet and he doesn't drink. Exactly. Alvina. Exactly. Like, cause he expected everyone to know, like he looked at Megan, like she was absurd for mm-hmm. offering him a beer at a party. Uh-huh. Like and then- if we all walk into adult parties and they're like, do you want a water? Like, no, no, no. Uh-huh. You offer someone a drink at a party. Yeah. But the way he looked, his acting choice was like, is this woman fucking absurd to offer me a drink? And then he's giving me some Coke energy at the top of this scene. And I'm like, is he one of those sober alcoholics who doesn't drink but will absolutely rail lines? Or maybe he's on Adderall. Or maybe. Maybe. That's how he stays In a Trumpian move. Well, yeah. And, you know, he's an influencer, so that's a lot. In a Molly at age nine move, he's fucking (laughs) riddling out of his brain in his butterfly chair. Um, But, okay, so a cloaked figure looks at the two of them drinking, and it's very A. It's very pretty little Ayers. And making an Instagram story talking about how they have exciting news coming up, and everyone's going to love Whitney just as much as Lucas does. So Whitney lands the at mm-hmm. on his story which is great and we finally find out what her handle is love whitney oh no we've known that since nope. the first scene Mm-mm, it's yeah we've known oh, that i didn't notice since i was okay. whitney big fan is the bad guy but yeah. love whitney is her name well i didn't know it was till that scene that's when i wrote it in my notes oh honey i have been i even looked it up on instagram it's an invalid twitter so Lifetime took the one down. I always wonder. Like, how do they pick the handle? When we made Two Broke Girls, we literally dreamed up what the girls' Instagram handles would be if they were real mm-hmm. and then saved them. Uh-huh. Just so, like, it, like these hypothetical names that the two yeah. characters could have that never made it in the show, we went and saved the Instagram. I'm a big save the Instagram, mm-hmm. move later type of person. Got it. It's my, so then we it's see, my personality So they type. zoom into his face. And we see that it's Mike. No, we don't. Yes, we do. No, we don't. Go bitch. back. Yes, we do. Go back. Yes, we do. We see it's Mike. Yeah, we see it's Mike. No, we don't. Because when we go home, Whitney. No, go back and you'll see the hooded character is Mike. Okay. Well, we don't really do that on this show. Okay. Well, it's Mike. <laughs> I said go back. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. It's Mike. They show me. You see his face. Because I was like, oh, I'm so Leave all this in, Sammy. I think this is good for us. Whitney is. <laughs> okay. Let's go back. Let's let's review the play. Okay. All right. We'll do it. In a rare move, we're going to go back. Right there. Look at You see it's him. No, you don't, honey. Okay. That's like A, where you didn't know for five years who was stalking these girls. You see it's him. 
No, you do not. Can you? That yes, you do. You look. Maybe I was watching on my like big TV. You see, it's him. You see the oh, eyes. Calling our TV poor. <laughs> That's true, it is. Oh it, fuck! She thinks we're poor, Sammy. But it, you well, see, you see fuck off, Alvina. But you see, it's him. All right, fine. Yeah, you can see it's him. Fine. <laughs> you see, it's him. I'm just saying. That's when. Well, it's like- I guess most of us don't watch our <laughs> TV shows for work on an iPhone in the bathtub. Okay. Sorry, I don't have my eyes on the screen during all the notes drafts. I missed a shot. You should need to be watching on like a 4K, 5K. I have TVs. I just don't like them because they're too far from my face. Oh, are you like my nephew who's literally yeah, sitting watch on his iPad instead of his TV? Yes. Mm-hmm. I literally sit across from like a fucking $4,000 television every night and watch TV on my laptop. Okay. I'm an indoor kid and I just like it that way. Okay. So... <laughs> This is my personality, man. I need it. And I'm also a little blind. Like, don't make fun of my disability. (laughs) I have 3.75 in one eye. That's, like, really dark. I wear glasses, too. I don't know what any of that means. So Whitney is sleeping when she gets a a message, a massage, I almost wrote, from uh, Whitney Big Fan begging her to unblock her. He's saying that he's outside. He's coming upstairs. He's here. So if she, okay, she's begging to unblock him. Then how is she getting the notifications? Well, Girl, we're going to figure it out. Okay. Because as the door opens up, it's the gay ghost guy, Greg, and he's like, follow back. And then she wakes up. So it's a dream sequence. But yes, I agree. She gets too many push notifications. It doesn't make sense. She does not seem like a very successful influencer to me. To be honest, I'm more concerned about Maya and her bills because she's making 10% of nothing. Yeah. I've had a couple of those clients. That's the truth is when you're making 10% of nothing. Come on now. Mm-hmm. So Whitney jolts awake. It's day now. She goes downstairs and asks Megan uh, what's wrong. And she goes, you didn't hear. So Whitney looks at Megan's laptop and it says Lucas Bryant involved in fatal car crash. I have a printout of the or a close up picture of the article. If you'd like me to read it too. Oh, I would love that. Boston, Massachusetts. The photos by Dana Starbard. Rising local star Lucas Bryant was transported to the hospital with ultimately fatal injuries resulting from a head-on collision in which there were no other injuries. Bryant was pronounced dead on arrival. Investigators report that Bryant's blood alcohol content at the time of death was 0.23. That's high. Yeah, because DUI is 0.8. Yeah, that's bad. Brian's car was found on the side of Harris Street and was reported to the police at about 2 a.m. When the police and emergency personnel arrived at the, sto- at the scene, Bryant was unresponsive in the driver's seat of the vehicle. There was no other passengers and no evidence of any other vehicles involved in the crash. Jamie Mers, a witness, this is, I'm reading this really blurry right now. <laughs> it's like blown up from a picture of a picture okay so he saw the damaged suv as he was passing the rest area he stopped at so he called 911 he called brian as well i followed the guy because all of his airbags were deployed on both sides and he was still driving he said okay so observation ordered for southbridge man let's look for some easter eggs in this newspaper page can we just for a moment Dudley Mass, a 28-year-old Southbridge man, has been sent to Darlington Stone Hospital for 40 days observation. 
Aiden Payne, 33, of 160 Agawam Street, was found not guilty by reason of mental illness earlier this week on charges of breaking and entering in the nighttime and indecent assault and battery on a person over 14. What the fuck? What the fuck did they write in this? I don't know. Okay, officials looking into student fight, Worcester, Mass. Like, literally, what newspaper is this that's covering Worcester to fucking Southbridge to a major Boston murder all on the front page? School officials are looking into a fight between two students in front of a video shooting onlookers in front of video shooting onlookers at Worcester High School. Well... Video of the altercation makes its rounds on social media. There have been preliminary discussions with the people who are involved, but we cannot divulge names because of their age, said Worcester School Board President Patrick Reedy. The fight happened a few days ago. Officials said in two videos of the fight obtained by uh, the journalist, a student acting as a referee instructs two students to touch hands like boxers or mixed martial arts fighters might before a fight. After they do, the students, one white, one black, start punching one white schoolmate, many with their phones out, cheer. They fight before a male crowd and appears to take place in a locker room with green lockers lining the white walled room. All right. Well, everyone at this paper is kind of fired. Well, they're going out of business probably anyway, so. But I will say bold move. I always really appreciate the ambition of someone showing a clear screenshot of a web page that's clearly just for the movie. Yeah. Because, like, they tried to make this whole school ties thing yeah. happen in the locker room. They have a man breaking in. He, and they gave him compassion. They said, you're going to the mental illness factory for I lo- 40 like- <laughs> days or whatever they call it. The hospital. The mental illness factory. <laughs> You're going to the mental illness factory. Okay. Okay. So Whitney's in shock um, because she was just with Lucas last night. Megan says that his blood alcohol was three times legal limit. Whitney says it's impossible because he only had one drink. And I wish Megan had been like, then why did he chastise me about offering him a beer the night before? Is Lucas like. It's like they don't communicate really. But also Lucas is a liar. Like, let's just be clear about one thing. Lucas is running some sort of secret side operation because, yes, he did gaslight Megan for asking him if he wanted a beer the night before and then immediately order a champagne. Is he straight? Is he does he drink? Does he not drink? Does he like girls? Does he like boys? Well, that I mean, that's not really the lie part so much. But I mean, for me, it's just like, who is Lucas? A guy with a receding hairline. I thought his hair was fine. I thought that if anything, Lucas, you know, was gorgeous on the outside. But on the inside, there's a lot. I want to know about the drinking lie. And the the acting choice. Okay, anyway. So, Megan says it's suspicious that her stalker is ranting on his page now that he's dead. So, we see Whitney Big Fan is going off on Lucas's page being like... Like, ding dong, the witch is dead. Right. Megan wants to know if Whitney told Mike that she was going to dinner with Lucas. Whitney tells her that she's lost her mind if she thinks Mike said it. Mike couldn't have anything to do with this. How crazy. Her sister's over here trying to play Harriet the Spy, like trying to like put all the pieces together. And then a man died that she was giving her once in a lifetime opportunity. And here they are arguing over Mike. How like this man's I life did not matter to them. I think it's kind of 
sexist that you just said that she's Harriet the Spy when truly Megan is a Sherlock Holmes. Okay. Oh, I, like, I was I in my like notes. I called her Nancy Drew. You're making you're <laughs> making her out to be some schoolgirl up in her bedroom trying to piece together who stole a fucking pencil at the local drawing shop. Okay. <laughs> this is literally a, a potential murderer. She is saving her sister from Nancy drew over here. Anyway, this is the most excitement she's probably had in her life in a very long time. I will say that. I will say that if Whitney had just been like, yeah, let's do the vacation. We would be in a different headspace completely. Okay. So Whitney asked her about Greg and she says she doesn't know about him, but she hasn't seen him since the party. But Mike, they've gotten pretty close and he was really into her when they first met. So Mm -hmm. Megan's throwing that right back in her face. And when he says that Mike didn't just appear out of nowhere, they went to high school together and he had a huge crush on her. Megan's like, um, what the that (laughs) he just told you that you guys went to high school together and like you have this big he had this big crush on you. That doesn't make him more suspect to you. Do they, this is where it comes, don't they have friends that they can be like, yo, do you remember Fat Mike? Right. Like, do they not have any friends that they can, like, reference? Like, do you remember Fat Mike? Right. And then they said he was fat, but in that picture, he doesn't look fat. That they No, showed. he looks totally like a, a slender, a they slender, nice, nice, dirty on. boy. They yeah, they really did. Um, he looks like, um, what's his face from The Sandlot? The one who, he brings Wendy back to life. The, Squints. Oh, yeah, squints. Squints. He gave me squints vibes. Okay. So put him on the collage list as well. Thank you, Alvina, for keeping my running list of collages for (laughs) this week's social media, which will definitely pay off. Whitney works in her living room. The memorial comments are... They're starting to stack up on Lucas's page, and she's reading these memorial comments as they come in, and she's crying. Um, It's not even, like... It's not even real tears. It's not, like, dramatic enough. If I was having dinner with someone, and even if it was, like... Someone you I just met, and we, you know, it's too middle of the road. Like she's, she's like crying well, a little bit too much for someone that her, she just had a good dinner with, or I would be crying. crying that I lost money. Oh, okay, <laughs> <laughs> something you know, right? I mean, I would love to. I, I would love a lifetime world in which they could get in depth in depth enough to be like, well, this was also gonna hurt me or she should go take flowers to like the side of the road where he died like give us something that'd be nice right just a little something but then mike wouldn't be able to come by and um (laughs) he gets to see whitney crying he's like what's wrong and she's like i got some bad news and he's like can i help and she's like no i just need to process and he's like i just want to see if you're free do you want something to eat and she has a change of mind and she's like yeah you know what i do need a bite so right around that time, Megan gets into work and says to herself, okay, Whitney, you want proof? I got you proof. She says it out loud. So you know she means it. She's crazy talking to herself. What kind of job does she have that she can like just do this on the clock? I told you she's an assistant at, at an insurance firm. She's- like, you know, in Massachusetts. There can't, the phones cannot be bringing off the hook. Her boss is like quite pleased later on in the movie when he thinks she's doing some side work. Like, I'm imagining there's not a lot of movement there. Listen, this makes me realize if she's just getting into work now at an insurance company, this means he's coming by for breakfast. She just found out that Lucas died like an hour ago. What was the first thing when they woke up? Right, I know. But I I assumed when he says, do you want to bite, that this must have been... I was really thrown when Megan came into work a scene later because I assumed that they must be getting at least a late lunch. No, like some, I know people who go to lunch at 1130. 
No, but I'm like, she, she's grieving. This Megan's okay. obviously at her desk job at 9 a.m. Mm, okay. Yeah. She turned around that cry. Oh, yeah. And, I know what you mean. Okay. Do you know what I'm saying? Okay. Yeah. Stick with me, homie. Okay. So (laughs) she starts. Why would you ever stick with me through this? This is like crazy that you wanted to do this. Okay. So she starts searching for different faces and names, looking for more details, catfish style. Whitney and Mike eat. Whitney tells them that she's so sad about Lucas, but she's also angry because his actions were so dangerous. Her parents were killed in a hit and run. The idea of him just out drinking and driving makes her crazy. And he tells her that, you know, that's terrible. And then we cut to commercial. (laughs) He goes, Whitney, that's terrible. And then they just cut straight to commercial out of that scene. It was not a written break. So Megan's working away at finding Greg, and she leaves a comment. Hey, Greg, not sure if you remember me, but you attacked my sister at a party the other night. You know, that's considered assault. And now that I know your handle, and he comments back in real time, wait. And she goes, I want to talk face to face, sending you an address. And he writes back, I can't. And she goes, well, then maybe you'd rather talk to the police. And he goes, where do you want to meet? So Greg pulls up. I didn't ever think we'd see Greg again. I felt very blessed by this. I wonder how many day rates he got paid for. Two. Yeah. Maybe three. Because he was in the dream, too. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, that's ideal. That would be great. Hopefully his agent negotiated full week rate for him. I think he deserves that. Me, too. All right. So Greg pulls into the back alley and meets Megan outside. Okay. 4623 to 4729. Hey, Crete. Remember me? What do you want? I have a suspicion and I'm hoping you can help me out. The other night at the party, why'd you sneak in? I mean, if you were trespassing. Look, I wasn't trespassing, okay? I was invited there. By who? Certainly not my sister. No. Greg, you have to give me something. Unless you want assault charges filed against you. Fine. Somebody paid me to go. To cause a scene. Who? Honestly, I don't know. We spoke through DMs. The money was sent electronically. What was their handle? Whitney, big fan. All I know is they seemed really interested in giving Whitney a scare. Which is weird, because based on their posting history, they're crazy about her. Look, I didn't mean for it to go that far. I wouldn't have come. Okay. So, if you're meeting someone that is possibly a stalker, why are you going to have them meet you in an alley alone? Like, couldn't you be like, yo, meet me at Starbucks, meet me at the McDonald's McCafe or something? Why in an alley where he can assault you, kill you, chop you up? And, like, have, do you not watch Law and Order? Like, come on, girl. What's going on here? I know. I know. Well, I also thought that it was interesting that some waiter was doing his, like, side work, like, as they were leaving. <laughs> did you see that? There was some waiter bringing, like, a dish rack out. Oh, I did not even notice. Okay, so Paul McCallion is the guy who plays Greg. Mm-hmm. He was also in I Feel Pretty. That was one of his only other credits. Who else was in I Feel Pretty? Was it, I think it was our girl, Sarah Fisher, a.k.a. Megan Sadler. Yeah, she was. I wonder if Greg and Megan are like homies in real life, Sarah and um, 
Paul? Well, it, I've, I assume the Boston acting community is kind of small, just like kind of like. Honey, like how- I don't think she was cast as a Boston local. I think she was. I don't think so. They probably didn't even pay for a hotel for her. I feel like it's. I feel like that's racist. Like, it's not racist. <laughs> I know how it is where you're like, we don't have a budget. Let's who do we have that's based in Boston that we don't have to pay for a hotel. Okay. Remember, I guess that is true. Do they film I Feel Pretty in Boston? Because I don't think they did. That's a New York movie. So they both busted up to New York somehow from Boston <laughs> to go fill their acting duties. I don't know. I don't know. She's probably a local hire. I'm telling you. I'm going to email her. DM her. I'm going to literally I'm going to try and, and email her. I don't know why email because I don't check my email, but trust oh, me. Oh, you're one of those. Never. So Megan gets home and starts piling through the yearbooks and looking for some sort of sign of Mike. And she sees on her sister's picture is written. I'll always be your biggest fan. Love, Mike. Whitney and Mike are hanging out at the bar still. And he tells her that he sets an alarm for his mom's medication so he can get home to give them to her. He has an hour, but he doesn't need to head out yet. He doesn't want to waste a second that he can have with Whitney. Whitney asks him what happened to his mom. And he tells her that when his stepdad died, she just kind of lost it. And now he needs to give her injections to make sure that her anxiety is under control. So what kind of injections do you get for anxiety? Because I've never heard of that. I'm dying to know Me myself. Too. I'm like, oh, is that some, like a quick fix I can use? Like, And this is, by the way, very spoiled of me. And like also, you know, this is like, I think probably some 10 percent shit. Mm-hmm. But like, I cannot imagine someone sending me home with a needle and telling me that I have to inject my relative. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I know that that happens so every day all yeah. across the country. Like kids but with diabetes, like yeah. everything, like people with ho- much higher scale things kids with feeding tubes i know what happens all the time if someone for me my constitution couldn't handle that i am too fragile for someone to tell me to inject my nana yeah I know. Like, <laughs> that's not his nana that's his mama no i know but she's like basically a nana so whitney asks if that's why she's kind of like a zombie and he's like yeah the meds help but it also keeps her kind of quiet she doesn't say much anymore and whitney's like okay well you should probably go but when we get back, we can keep hanging out. And like, what is this middle school of it all? Like, well, once we get home, I have to go home and do my homework. Like, <laughs> just hang out like your neighbors. Like, feel free to knock. Like, what's all this? Like, do you have a half an hour? Well, do you have 20 minutes to hang yeah, out? Yeah, like, like well, that's like what you do when you're in eighth grade. Like, 20 minutes to make out. Great. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's just a lot. So. Megan's leaning a ladder up to the window and she gets inside the house. She calls for Kathy. So Megan's like on it. I'm getting in that house. So Megan's looking through a bunch of the mail and she finds a utility bill for Kathy Edwards and she pockets it. And then she goes through some more mail in another room. I don't know what she's looking for in this mail. She then later goes through a notebook. She can't find anything of interest. So she finally makes her way towards a room with a padlock on the front of it. And she asks herself, what's hiding in there? Megan loves to ask herself things out loud. Mike and Whitney are on their way home, which by the way, I feel like Megan could act out loud the most i don't feel like she needs to have that dialogue whitney give whitney the dialogue i need to know more <laughs> of what's going on in there mike and whitney are on their way home and mike tells her that his mom is really shy but he thinks she'll like him they walk in and megan is sitting with kathy whitney and mike are like what are you doing here they're completely startled by yeah. why like what is this configuration of humans and megan said that she saw kathy through the window and she thought she was freaking out mike's like of course she's freaking out she's having a panic attack it's very Gypsy Rose. It's very like 
no, no, not the order of operations. So he injects her with medication while the two girls watch, just absolutely horrified by this. The sisters are literally gripping each other by the elbows. You know, when like two people (laughs) are reached forward, gripping each other just by the elbows, that's 100% what they're doing. So Whitney and Megan are sitting in the living room at Mike's. And for some reason, they decide to have this conversation at Mike's out loud. That's what I said. The two of them. What? Take it home. You live a hundred feet away. Literally just be like, hey, I think I left the oven on and go across the street and have this conversation. So 5205 to 5431. This is when we're in the danger zone, bitch. I'm glad we got here in time. Thank you, by the way. For being there for Kathy. I know you have your suspicions about Mike. Yeah, about that. Um, what I was saying earlier about seeing Kathy through the window. It wasn't exactly true. What? Okay, don't freak out. But I managed to track down the guy who attacked you at the party, Greg. Meg! What? I'm not going to apologize for looking into a stalker. Anyway... He said he was hired by someone to go to the party, to scare you. Do you know who it was? Who? Whitney Big Fan. You are not saying what I think you're saying. What? Who else has come into your life recently? Lucas? Oh, right. He died under mysterious circumstances. Stop it. I wanted to prove it to you, so I kind of broke in. And that's how I found Kathy. You said you were going to drop it. You said you were going to trust me. I do trust you. It's him I don't trust. I don't think Mike is this great guy even making him out to be. Meg, stop. I looked him up in your yearbook. And the way he's looking at you in this one picture, I don't think this is a recent obsession. Do you know how crazy this sounds? I know. It sounds crazy. All of this... It's crazy, but there's something wrong that's going on here. Why can't you see that? I said stop. Sorry, am I interrupting something? No, no, nothing. How's your mom? Oh, she'll be fine. She'll be fine. I just put her to bed and she's had uh, quite the scare. Yeah, well, I'm sure something startled her. I'm so sorry about all this. Is there anything we can do to help? No, no, I don't think so. I, she just needs to rest. Winnie, you can go home. I don't think this is. A- I'll be fine. Okay. Insane that they had that conversation. So right here in my notes, I wrote, "He's a murderer. Mm-hmm. He's killed multiple people. Oh yeah, he's killed her parents." I wrote down, and Lucas, and he has this lady trapped. Mm-hmm. Gypsy Rose status. And who knows if the dad, the father, whoever Kathy's oh, yeah. husband is, even died organically. He might be locked up in the basement at this point. Exactly. You had a really good point that I don't even know if you knew it was a good point when you said, look, they have like a long antenna on their TV. That is to the extent that no one has been in that house. Like, my grandparents died with a TV like that in their mm-hmm. house, but 
it was outdated at the yeah. time and we knew that and like no one would continue to use that. There were other TVs in the house that were more mar- modernized. He clearly is not living there if that's his TV. Yeah. That wouldn't even work in 2018. So we're just going to boogie through this really quick. Mike tells Whitney that it must be hard to have so much of her out there all the time. And she's like, they don't even really know me. There was this guy in L.A. who started messaging me a lot and he started to get more personal. He was watching me, got the police involved. I feel like I've heard this story 12 times. I feel like Mike has probably heard this story. And he's just being polite at this point. But let's keep going. She says that she couldn't do anything. And then the day that they said they couldn't do anything, her parents died. And then she had to move home. But the day she moved in, someone new started messaging her. And she feels like she's starting all over again. Mike's like, it's not hard to imagine why someone would want to be so interested in you. If you need anything, I'll always just be across the street. He tells her that he's just trying to be a good neighbor. And he pours her some more wine and says, and she goes, is that all you're trying to be? So it's about to happen. The big makeout scene. They go for it. While they're kissing, he knocks over a glass of wine onto her white blouse. I don't know if this is on purpose or not. I thought this was more intentional. Oh, no. I just think he probably, this is, he's been waiting for this moment. And he was so excited. I know because, well, so she gets up and she goes to clean her blouse in the bathroom. And then when she's in there, she realized that she, he, he's like, here, here's a t-shirt if you want to wear it. And then she realizes when she's in the bathroom, the towel that she's using to clean her shirt is her own monogrammed bath towel. Oh, she's from one of her those. bedroom. Yeah. But if you notice, there was like a scene where she was like getting ready in the beginning of the movie where they like focused on her towel. Right. And I thought it would be really cool if the t-shirt was some sort of twisted fantasy of his. Yeah. Like if this was his high school baseball t-shirt. Yeah. And I'm like, ew, like he's been waiting for that payoff for 15 years of like getting Mm -hmm. that girl into his t-shirt sick. But she comes out holding the cloth and he's like, Oh, your towel. He's like, I'm so sorry. I used it the other night when I was cleaning up the plumbing mess at your party. And then I just threw it in the laundry and I meant to give it back. He was like, I wanted to wash it for you. He's like, you must think I'm crazy. I'm so sorry. She tells him that he didn't do anything wrong. He said too much, but she's had too much to drink and she's ready to go home. Respect. Yeah. I respect that she like Whitney is about her shit. I will tell you that. Most girls would have put out right then and there and said, okay. Not even put out, but maybe just would have stayed and hung out a little bit longer. Yeah, but she was scared. She was scared. You also have to add in the elderly mother factor, which is that it's really hard to like let loose when someone's like elderly mom who just had an anxiety attack in front of you that day is like sleeping in the next room. That's also a level of restraint. So maybe I shouldn't give Whitney so much credit. Um, Whitney comes in and tells Megan that she's not mad at her anymore. She understands that her sister is just trying to protect her after all she's been through, but she needs to let her have a chance mm-hmm. with someone like Mike. After all, Whitney is the big sister and it's her job to take care of Megan, not the other way around. This is the first time I'm finding out that Whitney is not like the twitty younger sister. Yeah. I thought that Megan was the career woman holding it down. Yeah, no. Megan gets uh, it also makes me feel even worse that she's at home dealing with the death of her parents. And then her sister's like, I've got to come back from L.A. and like escape. Yeah. Fix me too. escape into my dead parents house. (laughs) Megan, fix me. Make a meal. I can't wait to work with 
uh, local photographers and local boutiques. Right, exactly. Just keep that Instagram game popping. So Megan gets back online at work and she keeps uh, keeps searching for Kathy Edwards. The next day, Whitney and Maya are talking at a house. I think it's like a prop house for this photo shoot because later she and Maya are in a call. I'm not really in a car. I'm not really sure what happens there. But she asks her if there can be any truth to what Megan is saying. And Maya's like, look, all of my clients deal with stalkers. It's part of being an online celebrity. And she asks her if she can show her something in the meantime. She shows her that someone like Whitney Big Fan's control is limited by her phone. Like she's like, do you see this? And she holds up the <laughs> phone and then she literally like hits the power button. And I'm like, Maya, you're the worst person oh. to manage online celebrities. That's literally what someone's dad would tell them about shutting out cyber bullies. Yeah, like, oh no, like, turn off your computer. <laughs> yeah, just, you know what? It's in your head and it's in your phone, okay? Just keep living in the real world, baby. Like, as if we're not holding, like, bombs attached to our hands at all times during the day. So, Megan poses in a gown with a glass of whiskey and the piano's in the background. Meyer ta- M- Maya, Meyer... I'm doing some Boston shit. Maya Maya tells her that she knows that this whole thing with Lucas has her shaken up, but she just heard from H2 Almond and they're still really interested in doing the campaign. So don't worry, girl. We still get in our bag. Listen, I know the body's still warm, but H2 Almond, they're still in. They haven't even sent Lucas's body to his family yet. Absolutely not. No, that body is still in a fucking fridge in the middle of downtown Boston. So she tells Maya that she can't really think about that right now. Maya's like, well, you know, why don't you cut loose for the rest of the day and take a bath? So Megan is looking up Kathy Edwards at work still hours later when her boss comes over and asks her if she's brushing up on old files. 103.45 to 104.35. What could he mean? What are you looking up, old case files? What? Henry Edwards. He was one of our oldest clients. Oh, he was? Yeah, life insurance policy. Tragic what happened, but, you know, his wife got a huge payout. Did you know his wife, Kathy? Yeah. Sweet woman. Salt of the earth. You don't happen to know anything about their son, Mike, do you? Son? No. They didn't have any kids. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm sure. I knew them for a long time. Besides, I would like to think that Henry would have left some money aside in his policy for a kid if he had one. So I'm going to grab some lunch. Can I get you something? No, thanks. Okay, what a nice boss. This is the second time he's offered to get her food. Yeah, he has a good, like, Boston dad feel, I have to say. That is so nice. Respect. And he lets her, like, oh, do whatever you want, like, on my, on the clock. I think this actor's name is Tomas Enrique, and he's worked. He's done a couple things, and he also does not appear to be a Boston local, according to his IMDb page, although he, I will give you, is probably a Boston local. Local hire. I want to look up the facts about this movie on IMDb. But anyway, Megan goes straight to Whitney's big fan page, and Whitney's big fan page. Yeah. I... (laughs) Love big Whitney, whatever it is. And and tells him that she knows who he is. And he, she's like, hello, Mike, I know it's you. And he goes, you don't know anything about me. And she goes, I talked to Greg. I know more than you think. What's wrong? And he goes, uh, she goes, worried? And he says, stay out of this. I'm warning you. She goes, too late. I'm telling Whitney. 
So Megan calls Whitney from work and leaves a message saying that they need to talk about Mike. He's not really Kathy's son. She's going to send her some info and she needs to read it as soon as possible. Maya drops her off at the house and tells her that she did a good job that day. She offers to walk Whitney in and make sure she's safe, but she says she's all good. They tell each other to be safe and they go off. Okay. I really in that moment realized the power of every time I've denied someone like the opportunity to walk me to my door. Like anytime a friend says like, should I walk you inside? Say yes. Why not? Yeah. Can't hurt. When he gets home and hears the message Meg left her and Megan asks the boss if, if she's missed any calls before she takes out for the day because Megan accidentally left her phone in Mike's house the day before. And but, but okay, that's why I don't understand. If I left my phone anywhere, I would be like, I need my phone. Especially she's at a job where she has so much free time. You know, she's paying like bejeweled or something. I mean, especially after he macked on my sister the night before, if I was Megan, I'd have no shame about what had happened the day prior and just gone over there and knocked on the door. Even in the morning before I left to work, like, hey, can I get my phone? That's what I'm saying. I'd walk over there and knock, 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 bitch. Hi, I'm I'm one of those people who doesn't leave something behind on purpose. Can I get my fucking phone? (laughs) Like, so... Right as uh, Megan's about to put the key in her car as she's driving home, a pillowcase is thrown over her head because, of course, Whitney listens to the end of the message. She's listening to the message from her sister, and it's basically begging her to stay away from Mike. So Whitney does a brilliant thing in that moment, and she leaves a fake out away message that says basically that she's going to go drink in town. 107.59 to 108.57. Hey there, superstar. You doing okay? Honestly, I'm just kind of freaking out. I think Megan's in trouble. Oh, wait, what happened? I don't know. She just left me this bizarre message about Mike, and I can't get a hold of her, and she's supposed to be home from work by now. And she's not answering her cell phone? She doesn't even have her cell phone. She left it at Mike's house. You don't think that... I don't know what I think. I'm just, I'm worried about her, and I don't know what to do. You you don't know for sure that anything's wrong. I'll be over, and then we can talk this through. No, I can't wait. If she's in trouble, I don't want to be too late. No, 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 Whitney. Please don't do anything drastic. I'll be there soon, okay? Okay. Hang tight, Whit. I'm sure everything will be fine. I chopped and screwed it a little bit, which is what's sometimes fun about this podcast, because it's after this that Whitney then leaves a fake out away message saying grabbing a much needed drink at a local pub with an um, with a new friend. Hopefully I won't be drinking alone. Mike heads out of the house a moment later after this is posted and Whitney's messaging Maya and telling her sorry, but she's going over to Mike's to look for Megan. So she sees Mike. and She's like, mm-hmm, that's him. Yep. So she heads over and goes to the window where Megan broke in the day before. She calls for Kathy around the house. I don't know why she's even bothering with Kathy. Kathy's like, Kathy. What, who cares? So she sees that there's a light on in the basement, but there's a padlock. So she gets really worked so up. So she's tugging it for like a little too long, thinking it's going to pop open. Right. By the way, we had a padlocked basement last, like last week. Like literally the last movie was a padlocked basement. Not. Mm-hmm part one of this, but part two of mommy group murder. Okay. So then we get a nice little jump scare after she tries to get something to break into the basement. One eleven Oh nine to one eleven 32. Kathy. Oh my God. Are you okay? I'm going to help you. I promise. Okay. Murder. 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 Help. 
is not your son, is it? You just said the most disgusting and evil thing you could have ever just said. And you just asked me if I think Kathy Edwards, a.k.a. Priscilla Manning, is a local hire. Like, maybe, but do not degrade her. Actually, she definitely is a local hire (laughs) because she was in Smilf and Daddy's Home, too. So, yeah, she's a local hire. You are so cruel. What? She was so I know what it's like to do something to low budge. You got to hire them locals. Oh my God. You are sick. We don't you know ever what? talk about the Toronto. We absolutely do talk about the people from Toronto like that. Oh, trust me. Like one of my clients just did another Lifetime movie. Well, I know how it goes. She, this is her third one. Getting some real paychecks. Who? Uh, Alex Steele. That's who I thought. Yeah, her little baby girl. Our girl from um, DeGrasse, she played Craig's younger sister, yeah. but so my IRL. longest, my longest client, really. Yeah, was her character's name Angela? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. they brought her back. I had to like that. I didn't know that. Yeah, no, but I actually forgot for a moment. Sometimes I stroke out like a real Kathy myself, like a real local <laughs> to hire myself. Sometimes I dip in and out of consciousness. Okay. So she spots his little underground lair where he has this whole setup and every single picture of Whitney he can find dating back to them just being kids. Sick. That is my biggest fear. I don't have that many childhood pictures of myself. So when I find out other people, like even when a family friend sends me a scanned photo of me from when I'm younger, I'm like, how do you have this? Like, as if they didn't have access to me. If I went down to some random guy from my high school's basement and he had pictures of us dating back to, like, pre-K, I would just kill myself on the spot. I wouldn't even bother to find Megan. I'd be like, she's better off. Like, for sure. So, anyway. He even has a little piece of her blouse that she's worn before. Sick. Um... (laughs) But so, this is like the most action the movie has ever. Oh, like this like is in the, why you keep a movie off the screen. Yeah. We've all like literally this is this is why we can't have nice things because there are so many good Internet movies that could be made and that aren't made because of this note of people being like, but it's boring. Like we're literally looking at Sammy's desktop right now. And it's about as interesting as anything we've seen in this movie. <laughs> like it's, it is this, it's, it's the desktop. We're looking at the desktop. I can't read anything that's on there. I'm not creeping nope. on you, but also you could have some more fun with us and put up some default, like decoy browsers. I love to do a little decoy browser, you know, just search some stuff and then leave up the, you know, just to trick me. Um, <laughs> Okay, so she finds Megan tied up under the stairs and she lets her free, but it's not soon enough because Mike is right there, right behind them. 113.36 to 117.10. Oh my God! You shouldn't be down here. Mike, what the hell is going on? Everything was going fine. We were finally connecting after so many years. Why are you doing this? Isn't it obvious, Whitney? We belong together. We always have. I knew it back in high school, and even when you left, I never lost hope. Do you have any idea what it's like having to watch your soulmate from afar for so long? Seeing other men commenting on her photos? Mike... We were never like that. 
Yes, we were. You just didn't see it. And I knew that if I could get you back here, that you would see it. What do you mean, get me back here? I tried to tell you how I felt. But you kept ignoring me. That was you. I needed you. I needed you to come back here so that I could rekindle what I know that you felt deep down. And when sending you photos didn't work, I... I had to act a little more drastically. No. Whitney, I'm... I'm truly sorry about your parents, but you gave me no choice. You're a monster. Don't you say that. Everything I've done, I have done for us. Look at Megan. She's okay. I didn't want to hurt anyone else that you cared about. I did that for you. Whitney, we can still be together. This doesn't have to end. Do you think that I would ever be with you after all of this? I know it's not ideal, but who knows? In time, maybe you could grow to love me. is with me just just take take me just leave megan you know i can't do that she wouldn't leave us alone but if it helps i could let her stay with us kathy too we could be a nice sedated family you are completely insane don't you see i'll do anything to be with you that's how much i love you it's okay I don't want to hurt you. Just give in and everything will be fine. Soon, this will all be behind us and we can start the rest of our lives together. Wags thinks he's digging for bones in the couch at the WeWork. Someone remix that, please. I think that a, a thing for next season should be like cuntiness of the murder weapon. Because like she just shot him up with Kathy's medication. Oh, We've that's someone, what that was? I didn't know. Yeah, I, she, I don't know what she I, got a grip on on whatever he was trying to shoot her up with because he was doing a I'll sedate you all. Yeah. Like we can all just be sedated. We'll all be a bunch of Kathy's upstairs in our bathrobes, which is a real sicko's idea of a good time. I love time. that the sister pulled the carpet so he tripped. Yeah. That was very clever. I do find that they don't like to put a gun in the hand of a woman unless it's like absolute last minute self-defense. Yeah. You know? Which in general I think is I mean it's kind of acceptable in a movie. Like even in training day, like when they shot people, you were like, oh okay. It got crazy, so they had to shoot people. Anyway, there's something to be thought about there. So, okay, my thing is... Can I say one thing, though, yeah. about him? He's hot. One last thing. No, I know he's hot. 
But one of the ways that Lifetime tries to like inform you of all this information in the end is just by little like directorial mm. traits. So like the director like straight up was like, see that light bulb on a string? <clears throat> just bat it with your hand while you're talking. And that is 100% something you only see people who are losing it or yeah. trying to be evil in a movie do. Mm-hmm. So we have to stand some of the more Hitchcockian traits of these directors. Okay. What were you going to say? Okay. So he killed her parents so she could move back home. But normally that's the opposite. Like if you don't have anything back home, if your parents are dead, you never go visit back home. Right. But she had a little sister. But still, like that's not the first. Like, let me well, kill your he's parents. known her since she was young. So he knows that it would call her back home oh, to be with her younger sister. Got it. Yeah. I think that he's like that. Mike, my Whitney is going to mm-hmm. come home to her sister. I wonder how far it goes, though. Was he the stalker in L.A. as well? Yeah, yeah, he was. So he was flying out to L.A., mm-hmm. snapping pics. Breaking into her place, yeah, and he's the one that scared her to move back. So he's had a long game this whole time. Yeah. Maya's so stupid. Oh, fire her. Get I would have found this in a day. Like, it is so easy for me because people are not good online at just yeah. dis- like disguising the way they speak or anything like oh, that. Oh, no, I can totally tell when it's people's fake accounts. Everything. 100%. People always give themselves away. So let's go into this. Whitney apologizes to Megan on the side of the street. And by the way, the whole fucking block is out watching this guy get dragged out of his house. But it's Boston. So, and I no- nobody's like, hey, are you two okay? I've been your neighbor. That's not why no one's asking. In a local neighborhood, you absolutely would yeah, walk. That's to, what I'm you would probably walk inside and like touch the dead body and be like, "Is it okay?" People are so neighborly there. I think everyone's freaked out because it's a crime scene. Mm. But okay, ready. The best part is that like they're having this conversation, and it's like, you know, it's hard putting yourself out online, but. After all of this, I think I'm ready to do it again. And Megan's like, really? You're going to go back online? And Whitney's like, old Whitney wouldn't have gone back online. But now, now I'm not afraid. I'm going to go back online. And like a police officer is watching them talk. And I don't know if this was intentional. I have to assume it was. He looked at them like he was so disgusted. It was just a little half a second insert clip. And then he turned on his heel and then we like see the body come out of the house. So a cop. Yeah. So that's this is it. And then we're just going to do our and yeah, we're going to follow up with the H2 almond of it all. One nineteen forty to one twenty two twenty eight. Okay, so this is the first time I'm seeing the final version of the PSA. So you are not allowed to make fun of me. Yeah, we'll see. Hi, I'm Whitney Sadler, and I am pleased to announce that for the entire month, H2 Almond has pledged to match every dollar spent on their product as a donation to the Lucas Bryant Foundation. This cause is very dear to my heart, providing resources to prevent online harassment, as well as tutorials ranging from protecting your online identity, as well as lessons in self-defense. Because nobody should live in fear of self-expression. Okay, I have to admit, that's pretty cool. Yeah, well, it's the least I could do. I'm serious, Whit, this is awesome. I'm so proud of you. I'm just glad I can use my voice for something good. Maybe help someone from having to go through what I went through. I'm sure this will. So, is everything good? I mean, with you doing something so charitable, I'm sure it's generating hate 
from, you know, all those idiots online. Oh, there are still weirdos commenting on my videos. Look at this. <laughs> well, that's gross. And you're not freaking out about it? Watch this. Wow. Is that all right? Maybe next time they'll think twice about what they're commenting. So I was wondering if you wanted to take a trip to Costa Rica and go ziplining. You're kidding. Nope. I have some free time and extra cash. Are you serious? I'm serious. <laughs> <laughs> And someone I know and love told me that I should take a leap before I look. And I'm taking that literally. <laughs> I'm liking this new Whitney. Me too. <laughs> to new beginnings. I will drink to that. So Whitney has learned nothing. She's literally awful. She her her takeaway from all of this is that she needs to start a foundation to prevent influencers from being bullied online. Like not even on some Melania Trump shit. Like she's literally just like, <laughs> I would like to protect my kind, other influencers from being bullied online. And Ugh. if you bully me, I'm going to report you to my dead friend. <laughs> who was killed at, at the hands of my stalker, his foundation. I'm going to report you to them and make them do more work for me. Like, it's probably <laughs> Lucas's sister who's running that foundation, getting another request from Whitney being like, it was at your stalker's hands my brother died. I'm just like, he died, and it wasn't like, oh my God. It, like, to me, I'd be like, he's my fault. He's dead. Like, it's my fault. And it's not even like that. No, but, it's not but like that, that shows she's a real influencer, very into herself. Well, so that's where I'm kind of wondering, because Lifetime is not typically that self-aware. Like they would not just undercut mm -hmm. the entire movie they just made mm -hmm. unless it was a big wink to everyone else in the household. Like and this was meant solely for vapid 20 somethings, teens to 20 somethings. I cannot imagine that this was done in jest. I have to imagine that this was like actually really made and they thought this was a good emotional conclusion for this actress and this character. Don't you think? Do you think it was sincere at the end? No. You don't? You think they were making a mockery of the genre? Uh, yeah. You do? Yeah, it was just like, now I'm making, I don't know, I just, it just didn't resonate to me. Okay, so let's do our scale. Okay. I think a good one, you said you watched Don't Fuck With Cats, right? No, I didn't. I thought you watched it with Dylan. Mm -mm. No? Mm -mm. Okay. So let's, what's your number one favorite internet movie of all time? Catfish, maybe? Mm, I love a good, I love Catfish. The, and then I, obviously the show. Probably, yeah, probably Catfish. Or that's, that's your favorite cyber movie. Let's just go yeah. with the documentary. Okay. 
So on a scale of catfish to Mother May I Sleep with Danger <laughs> is the acting in this movie, which, by the way, probably are acting in catfish. That's fine. The acting in this movie closer to a one or a five. The acting, I'll give it a three. You think it was just a three? You know what? I'm going to give it a 3.5. Megan was good. Megan was great. Megan brought up the average. Whitney was awful. (laughs) I thought that, you know what? No, I'm going to give it a three. I agree with you. Because I think that some of the supporting was good. Mm -hmm. And I think Megan was great. I thought that. And so was our boy until he had to get a little serious. Mike was hot. Yeah, he was great. Stand that. Whitney was just not compelling. Kathy was great. Kathy was great. Our local Kathy. You're such a bitch. <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, speaking of believability, honey, believability of the world and character. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it's a five. I mean, like, I just, I believe that there's people who have the internet. Mm-hmm. I believe that there's people who <laughs> act like this. I do not believe I that believe all of these people shop at Kohl's like they do. So, right. I cannot believe that all of these things would come to a boil. Like, it just doesn't make any sense, especially like Maya. She throws off the whole system here. Um, creative use of words to avoid censorship. We did get a nice buzz off at the beginning. Yeah. So that was like a little. Tell your manager to buzz off. I think that this was like a three. I felt like this, this was lacking in some good swears, but it, you know, they got it across. Dialogue. I thought the dialogue was hurt by the directing. Okay. I agree with you on that. Just in that maybe there was a couple shots that. We probably could have used to smooth things out. Mm-hmm. I just burped. Okay, so dialogue for me, let's give it a three. I feel like this is kind of, or yeah, three. It's kind of neutral. Wardrobe. Now you hated this. Well, it looks. It just looked like Kohl's. Maybe some bad. Let's find a different word because a lot of people shop at Kohl's and they don't look bad. It looked ill fitted. It, yeah, it looked. It looked like it didn't belong to. They them. didn't have a seamstress on set. They look. It, thank you. That's what it looks like. It looked like they showed up to set and they didn't have things that fit them, and they just put them in whatever they had. Yeah, they were like, get her sizes, and then she probably lied about her bra size, Maya, and then she showed up <laughs> to set. I mean, that's what happened. Yeah, no. literally on these movies, like when you go into a production like this, you don't know how held you are to the sizes you report. Yeah, I know. Trust me. It happens all the time for us. Or it's like someone's like, com- I'm a two. And then they show up and they're a four. Yeah. Or they say they're a four and they show up. They're a two. Yeah. It's easier to do the opposite. Yeah. Right. But people always. Yeah. People be out here fibbing. In my days, it was about skinny as pos so people would always go under oh now everyone wants to be thick of course we we love i wish okay so i think a four in wardrobe it was pretty yeah. offensive makeup i have to say i respected the choices more once i realized that megan was supposed to be jessica chastain everyone else looked like they came camera ready but she was like very like she had a little edge she always wore black That's dark colors I mean, yeah. the leather jacket she always had holes in her jeans i was like okay the black eyeliner. Look. Yeah. yeah it's a look um i thought the makeup was fine everyone just looked camera ready yeah basically um so two um because it wasn't great either you want to know why though her makeup threw me off all the time because if you're an influencer you usually have like great makeup and hers was like if that's also where it was lacking yeah where i wanted something more inspired yeah give me a little contour give me a little highlight yeah something make a little pop we popped in 2019 and 2018 come on come on i know eighth graders who do better makeup than she does music um it didn't stand out at all to me it didn't stand out until i realized that there was cyber effects 
over oh. certain scenes, which was very distracting, as well as this song at the end, which I'm going to have Sammy play a little piece of, that is almost like a little uh, Tom's Diner, but depressing and fucking canned. Mm-hmm. It's really weird. I, I think music is a two. It's notable, though. Crying. So when I talk about crying, I talk about crying too much and not crying enough. Mm-hmm. When I say crying, I'm not like, did you cry? I think that Whitney's underreaction, which we'll sort of get to, there we got no big crying scene. Mm-hmm. Kathy maybe sort of gave us a little bit, mm-hmm. but let's just give it a two just because the closest we get is Kathy. Victimization of the female character. So when I think about this, I think about all the women in the movie. Mm-hmm. And I think Megan was extremely victimized. Yeah. I think Kathy was extremely victimized. I think Whitney less. You don't think Kathy was victimized? Oh, no, I said yes. Oh, um, Whitney, not so much. Yeah. Maya, not so much. But for what Kathy went through, I'm willing to throw a four at this. Okay. They had some psycho drugging her up. Yeah. Failure and or refusal to jump to logical conclusion. This is a five. Sorry, I'm just going to interrupt. Yeah. I'm going to derail the whole podcast. None of this movie made any sense. I agree. This could have ended with, began and ended with a fact checker in LA. Like just some PI doing a little yeah. digging around. Drop plot lines. Well, why didn't Lucas drink? Okay, that. Why didn't they do research on Mike? Like, if they went to the same school, they, you know, they didn't, they were in their hometown and she had a party and there were no friends there. Like, oh my God, this was my also, best friend. Also, what happened to Kathy's husband? He died of carbon monoxide. Right, but who put that out there? Oh. It seems like Mike killed yeah. there across the street. So Mike is at five deaths. Mm-hmm. Oh, little serial killer, like the show, you. Which is also like, and I, I understand that this may be a picked up plot line, according to some, but I'm going to say Mike getting out of jail, being in a hotel room, because that was not like a prison library. No, that was like a motel room that he was coming at us live from at the end. I hope he finds someone that will love him for who he is. Oh, I think he only cares about Whitney. Um, so-, so draw plot lines. You want to give it a four? Yeah. Okay, font, unremarkable. Let's give it a one. Yeah. It wasn't great. We'll actually give it a two. Throw another one on there. 39. Is that where we're at, baby? 39. Pretty good. That's good? Okay. Yeah, it's pretty good. We're killing it. We only have a few more movies left this season. I would say that this falls appropriately in our center, which Mm -hmm. is, it's pretty lifetime-y. Um, it's not like one of the craziest, but you don't mm-hmm. want to be the craziest either. That's a whirlwind. Yeah. And honestly, most of the time it involves us all being here way too late and very yeah. drunk. So we all win. I think this movie's great. Alvina, you were perfect for this. Thank you for the, cause I'm boring. Just like this boring movie. No, like literally who said, don't put that on me. First <laughs> of all, this is sick. And also brings me back to what you said where you were like, at least he likes her. Like Alvina he killed her whole family. Have you not seen you? It's all about love. Like someone I loves seen someone loves you so much that it's gonna kill to get you. Like, you know, take what you can get, Whitney. She wants to have kids. That's it- not love. That's not love. She can find Whitney can find a sperm donor somewhere nearby. She's a local celebrity. <laughs> Do you know how easy it would be no. for an LA for an LA seven to pull ass in Boston is like effortless. Like, just literally show up at a steak restaurant with a camisole on, you're done. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? All right, you guys. <laughs> so, oh my God. that's my endorsement for my hometown, which I truly love. And was and all you local hires out there, it is not a slur. And I am sorry that I, it took me having that said about my own city for me to understand that. I apologize. 
very short-sighted of me. Alvina, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. Wagon Stuff, thank you for being handsome and recovering well from your surgery. Sammy, thank you for holding it down and dealing with me as always. All right, you guys, I'll talk to you soon. Merry February. (laughs) (laughs) The city sprawls as far as the eye can see from 59 stories high. The Hudson sweats and stinks as it stumbles along Riverside Drive, flanked by lockstep and legions of cars. But it's me who falls. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.